Welcome to episode, what is it, five now of the Star Wars Rewatch Podcast. I'm your host, Luca, and with me is another very special guest, my friend, Tyler. Say hello. What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, I said, uh, I made the comment earlier that uh, I'm recording with the B team, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and upgrade you to the A team. Excellent. Um, <laughs> yes. A team. Uh, there's no A in commitment, but there should be. Um. <laughs> if you say so. Yes, I do say so. Bring that mic a little closer All to your right. mouth. Yeah, get right up on it. Make love to the microphone. But we just watched um, episode five of Obi-Wan. Um, and again, this entire time we've been saying that the show is getting better and better, um, you know, despite its flaws, despite whatever they might have going on. Sorry, I'm just reaching for the agenda I've been using Speak for, for yourself. I don't think it's getting better. So. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, tell you'll get to dump all over it um, as we go on. But we last episode that you were a special guest, you kind of gave your Star Wars credentials, um, and we compared that to mine um, and some of the media that you're familiar with. And I was a little shocked that even though you had a Nintendo 64, you didn't play um, any of the games like... Um, what was it? Uh, the big one on the N64 was Rogue Squadron, and then um, Shadow of they the had Empire. yeah Shadows of the Empire that had started off just flying around Hoth shooting at probe droids, um, and then it eventually got to a part where you start shooting at uh, um, you're flying around the Snowspeeder, yeah, which were featured in the previous episode, which was pretty cool because the sound effects of that were badass. Um, well, I don't know if you remember, but N64 games were pretty expensive. Uh huh. Because they were on cartridges and not CDs, right? So I think they were way more expensive than like what you would get for the PS One. So well, my library was pretty limited. Well, uh, yeah. So I think people showed uh, throughout the years, like a Nintendo Power magazine, and you saw what cartridge-based games went for, and like Super Mario Three, like uh, some of the games were scratching like seventy dollars, like. So much so that even Marge Simpson of The Simpsons complained that games in the 90s, you know, could cost $70 easy. And now here we are in the, the late 1900s, um, <laughs> 2022, and yeah, games regularly cost $70 if they're brand new. And I remember when, well, uh, what is it, Generation 7 or 6, whatever, the PS3, 360, and whatever... Games were $50 then, and then the developers, the programmers, everybody that made them complained, and they said, all right, you want more money? Well, we're passing it on to the customer, and then suddenly games cost uh, $59.99 instead of $49.99, but didn't stop us from buying them, did it? Mm. You know, I'd be cool with that if they Bring actually if they actually paid their employees appropriately. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was what the whole pay the price uh, increase was about. But um, that's us getting political about the gaming industry. Um, <laughs> so in the last episode, man, uh, I am sorry to say it has been a while. <laughs> it's been a few weeks um, since we last recorded. And episode four was the one where, you know, they invade or they sneak on to the... Um, Inquisitor base and rescue Leia, and then uh, you know the snow speeders or the air speeders show up and shoot their way um, shoot their way out of there as Obi Wan and Tala and Leia escape. And 
Yeah, there was just some terrible action sequences in that, but also some good action sequences. And, like what? Uh, well, <laughs> definitely not the torture scene because that machine was going so slow. <laughs> oh yeah, the unnecessary—that's an Austin Powers reference right there. The unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism. <laughs> Did they need to put? Uh, Princess Leia on a booster seat for that one. Yeah, yeah. I think my brother made the comment in the previous episode. He's like, is that a child-sized torture device? Like, <laughs> is that custom? Is it adjustable? One size um, fits most. Yeah. But uh, let's see here. I guess that's my best recollection of the of the previous episode. There were some cool shots, but there were also some terrible moments with Tala taking, uh, taking out the officer that, you know... It's like, what are you doing here? This isn't your sector. Or that's an overzealous security guard. And then uh, there's the guy that's like, uh, could you come here for a second? Uh, you're not supposed to be here, and you're using a terminal that's made for a different user. Um, just, we need to check. We need to work this out. Um, and then, yeah, she quietly takes him out, you know, a mere 10 feet, 12 feet away from people that could potentially hear him or hear her doing this. Right. And then there was, like, that other part where she was alone with two stormtroopers and she took them out in the most unconvincing way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, grabbing one like, you know, underhand by the helmet and yeah, it was, it was awful. Um, but again, and then of course the very end when they sneak away and he's got Obi-Wan has got, <laughs> got Leia stuffed in his coach, those Gestapo style jackets that, uh, they show throughout the episode people wearing and they're like, okay, well this will be a clever disguise. Um, <laughs> I think that's the only time I've ever seen trench coats being worn by Imperial officers and just for plot convenience. It was written like. just for this episode. They're like, uh, contact wardrobe. We're going to need some, uh, you need, you need an excuse. Yeah. Some princess. Imperial trench coats provided by Hugo boss. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that was what was hap what happened in the last episode. Um, do you want to give a recap of this episode? Kind of what went down? Uh, so basically it was a bad episode punctuated by some good scenes, mm -hmm. but mostly a bad episode. So you can say it starts off with, I guess the overarching thing is this training sequence between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Which, which I liked. I liked it, but also why didn't they bother to at least do a little de-aging on Anakin's actor. <laughs> it just looks weird. And I don't know if they were doing that on purpose because that's how he views himself in sure, sure. life at that moment. You know, um, God bless Ewan McGregor's genes because uh, the guy has not aged a day. Have you seen the memes where they show, like, uh, you know, they 10 years later what he looks like? They're like, here's what he looked like 10 years before. And then. Here's Alec Guinness, what he looks like 10 years later. They're yeah. like, wear sunscreen, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the yeah, memes. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it. Uh, Apology accepted. Years were not kind. Um, so I don't know. What can you do? But uh, yeah, the Hayden Christensen, yeah, he, uh, he's definitely uh, seen, uh, seen a few winters since uh, 2005, which, you know, makes sense. But. Uh, Oh, even McGregor is a producer on the show, so maybe he cut uh, Hayden Christensen's makeup budget. And he's like, no, no, he doesn't need that. Um. <laughs> Make him look like garbage, not me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the hermit, but I look great. <laughs> but give us a summary. Give us a summary of the episode of what goes down. So basically, what, what's the lady's name that's the Inquisitor? 
her name is Reva. Reva becomes the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. And so she somehow tracks down Obi-Wan to the planet. I th- think that was in the last episode. How yeah, they- in the last episode, they show that uh, uh, Lola, Layla, Layla, Leia's, sorry, we've been drinking. Um, how many beers in am I? At least two. What are these, 16-ounce? Uh, yeah. Yeah, two 16-ounce, one lager, and one uh, IPA. So double IPA. Double IPA. Okay, well, there you go. That, And plus, I'm a lightweight, So, and you're Irish. So uh, there's a the deck is stacked against me. You have an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah, in the previous episode, yeah, Lola, they show which is, you know, her, her sensor or her lights are glowing red now, which is a Star Wars universe sign that uh, she's evil. Because uh, it happens to see three PO in the eighth or the ninth, the, the ninth movie, yeah. Which, gosh, I I've only seen it once, which tells you, like, I've bought all the movies on Blu-ray. Um, I bought I bought a Star Wars trilogy when it was on the special editions where they were on VHS. I bought them again when they released them all on DVD. And then I bought them again when they were Amazon pre-order, like months in advance. And they're like, pay 70 bucks now. And, you know, when it releases, you get it for 70. But if you wait until after that, then it's 100 bucks for all six uh, Blu-rays plus, you know, whatever. And uh, they piss people off because they change stuff yet again on the movies. And, and then in the new, new movies, I bought Episode 7 when it released on Blu-ray, Episode 8 when it released on Blu-ray, but... I did not buy episode nine, which, uh, as a Star Wars fan, uh, I think says something if you're not willing to throw down money. But I guess at this point, I knew it was going to be on Disney Plus. So I was like, eh, Mm. I could pump it into my brain at any minute if I wanted to. So why? But are you gonna? (laughs) Yeah. And I still haven't watched it on Disney Plus since I've seen it in the theater. Maybe you could do like a drinking game for any like plot hole or contrivance, take a shot or. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might be in the hospital, though, because there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with this, uh, um, uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, no, that was the that was episode eight. Um, Rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker, yeah, that's what it's called. Wow. Um, that is brutal. Um, Come on, Mr. Hardcore Star Wars fan. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um I could I could be even more of a hardcore Star Wars fan, but this this is what they've done to me at this point. But anyway, we get to this episode now, um, and uh, they've chased. Uh, I guess I'm doing the summary. Um, they've chased <laughs> uh, Obi Wan, Leia, and you know their compatriots to the planet Jabim, and uh, you know this the Star Destroyer pulls in and just got them pinned down and doesn't start shooting or doesn't start bombarding their position, just, you know, sends dropships down full of star, uh, stormtroopers, death troopers, and uh, uh, what else? Um, Reva, of course, the Inquisitor. Right. Honestly, this whole series could have ended right here in, like, five minutes, where instead of closing the the bay doors so they couldn't escape just keep them open jam the doors and then send an orbital strike just destroy everyone (laughs) and the show and the episode yeah but we know it doesn't go down that way because we know we see obi-wan kenobi um 
in three more movies after this. And right. So they kind of like put themselves into a corner, but at the same time, uh, they, they say Vader has no pace, patience for a siege, but they set them up to be sieged. You know, um, right. A siege, like what are we thinking as far as a siege is concerned? They know they don't have any heavy guns to oppose them. They know it's just refugees. They're chasing right. down. But so, they fortified the position for them. Right, right, exactly. Um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of wild. The one thing, um, but yeah, this leads to a much better ending for um, the rest of the series. This episode, I think, clocks in at like forty-two minutes long or something like yeah. that. The next episode is after this is close to an hour, but I think they did a good job. A lot of blasting takes place. Uh, you. A lot of Vader in this episode, and what's cool is you see him as Anakin, and you also see him as you know Darth Vader. Um, more lightsaber fighting too, because uh, it's Obi Wan and uh, Obi Wan and Anakin training, which you know leads to something in the end of the episode because they're like, "What are they? Okay, why why are they showing this? This is clearly a scene from episode uh, episode two timeline it wasn't something like in episode three where Anakin's hair is uh, all long and shaggy right um he's still a padawan he's still wearing that like the rat tail yeah yeah he's still got the padawan's ponytail the padawan's braid that's a rat tail um, <laughs> don't get it twisted um so <laughs> I don't know this is an interesting observation is that something that they just make all humans do if they're padawans yeah or like Obviously, if you're Yoda, yeah, you have hair. If you're a foundling species, do they braid Yoda's or foundlings' hair as well? I guess. But what like, about what all the do? other races that don't have hair, like lizard ones or, or like Twi'leks? Like, do they make them tie their tentacles up? Yeah, yeah, I think they and do. And then they what happens them... when they become a knight? Do they cut the tentacles off? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like the the way they get promoted is they cut the the rat tail off. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, they just released, I think recently, the uh, the Clone Wars 2D animated miniseries on Disney+. Plus. Did you see oh, that? Oh, the ones that are like five, ten minute episodes where they don't really talk that much? Yeah, it's animated by uh, Gennady Tartakovsky, the guy that animated... Um, Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack and mm -hmm. uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, those are phenomenal, yeah, by I, the way. Um, and I like that art style. Like, if they had made the Clone Wars series in that art style, I would have been all over it. Mm -hmm. But uh, instead they went CG, but... We'll save that for another rewatch episode. Um, I, my other co-host, Mike, has been talking it up, saying he's almost done with the series. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'm almost done. Uh, he's like, it's pretty badass. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks for telling us about it. Yes, master. But, um, you know, whatever. Uh, he's like, if we're going to do a rewatch for that, it's probably going to be... You know, maybe we'll rewatch a whole season and then discuss it because it's a lot of episodes to get through. But um, we'll moving right along. Um, so the summary for the episode is just again Vader chasing down Obi Wan and the machinations of Reva and uh, you know what she's doing uh, to achieve that goal more or less, and uh, how we find out Lola's been bugged and. Uh, eventually rescued because um, Leia finds the restraining bolt on her. But uh, tell us, what did you like about the episode? What did you see that you did like? Mm, I mean, I did like that training sequence mm -hmm. with Anakin and Obi-Wan. I'm trying to think of what else I liked. I guess when 
Vader and Reva had their face off. That was okay. interesting. Yeah. But beyond that, those were like the only two like parts that I actually enjoyed. Otherwise, it was just mostly really bad storytelling. Yeah. So the story, um, I think people criticize the prequels a lot because, you know, there's a lot of like exposition, just dialogue, just saying what's happening rather than showing what's happening. But or by the episode, plot being about taxation. <laughs> yeah, shit like that. But um, when they show Obi-Wan and Anakin sparring again, um, it's great character character development that doesn't necessarily tell you what they're thinking. Obi-Wan is teaching you know, Anakin a very valuable lesson, but it just shows them sparring together. And the dialogue that you know um, they're having between... The dialogue exchange between them is relevant you're learning more about the character of anakin as a you know he develops into a um a padawan and eventually a jedi knight and then it's basically well not basically it's obvious foreshadow to what's going to happen later in the episode and they say uh you know he doesn't have the patience for a siege but the interaction between again actors that haven't been near each other in you know uh, what is it, 2022 to 2005. Five, yeah. uh, what, 17 years now? Or no, is that yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. A long um, time. Yeah, yeah, that they still have the, uh, you know, even though you don't see Anakin's face very much uh, in the series, still him acting alongside Ewan McGregor, you could tell that they're like uh, sort of happy to be back in these roles again. But um, I wrote down here in my notes um, that it was a it was a nice callback, and uh, they did a better job, you know, just in these very brief scenes, than they did in all the scenes of them together in Episode Two, uh, Attack of the Clones, which is yeah. you know based on Anakin's costume, the same time period, and also less of the whining and moaning that his character had been associated with <laughs> in the prequel trilogy. I'm glad they figured that out. Because in that training sequence, he wasn't like that at all. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, normal, well, a believable person, not a yeah, whiny and, punk. And how he delivers some of his lines, I mean, still could be a little bit better in my opinion. But you know, he's probably rusty. I don't know what acting gigs he's had recently, but yeah, that's true. Um, I think that was the Star Wars curse at the time, just like they called it the Seinfeld curse for what happened to all the actors, with the exception of Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and with the exception of uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you know, who had a successful career, but not so much for Jason Alexander and uh, uh, Michael, um, gosh, what can't, what can't I think of his last name? Um, Kramer, the actor that plays Kramer. I'm so sorry, Internet. I know I let you I down. I thought Kramer imploded his career by uh, well, saying things he shouldn't have said. <laughs> yes, yes, to a live audience that had cell phones. Um, gosh, why can't I think of his name? Um, it's Michael Richards, best. Michael Richards. That's who he was. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think after Star Wars, I think a lot of the actors were doomed too. Um, Harrison Ford is the one that only had a, that really only had a meaningful career afterwards. Mark Hamill. I mean, it's I'm really had talking a good voice shit. acting career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His voice acting career second to none. Yeah. But uh, yeah, his. On camera acting career, mm, not so much. Same goes for Carrie Fisher, but I think towards the tail end of the '80s, there she went into rehab, which uh, we know how, we all know how that worked mm-hmm. out. 
Um, and I think with Mark Hamill, he's too much. He has like too much of a boyish appearance. So when he starts to get old, it just looks weird. Yeah, which I feel like is going to be what happens to Tom Holland. But I but between uh, episode um, five and six, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he got into a car accident or a motorcycle accident and had to have facial reconstructive surgery. Oh, really? So he looks different in the in Return of the Jedi versus Empire Strikes Back and um, uh, A New Hope. But anyway, we're 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 getting off topic here. So. Um, Again, you see a little interaction between Vader and Reva as they're chasing down um, Obi-Wan. And um, there's a really cool shot of when they're traveling through hyperspace or when Vader's, like, standing on the bridge of the Star Destroyer and, like, you see the reflection of his helmet in um, uh, the reflection of the, I don't know, I guess, viewfinder, the the glass, whatever it's called, of, of the Star Destroyer. That was cool. Um, so again, I keep saying it over and over that A plus all around for the visual effects, for the cinematography, everything looks fantastic. Where it all falls down is when people open their mouths, right? Right. I mean, they could have done a way better job of, like, I guess if you took some of the money that you had used for the CGI and had invested in a better writing team. <laughs> I think I would have appreciated that more than good visuals. Sure, sure. Because if I wanted to see good visuals, I could just watch any movie. Right, right, exactly. Like, that's not what you watch TV for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you expect, t- you know TV is a lower budget, so it's like, okay, well, where are they going to spend that lower budget? They have to stretch it out over, over the runtime of the series. Um, if you want to show something you know, show us over time, um, which is why we expect a lot more out of the characters over time. Um, so I think this is this is in our notes here. So we summarize the episode. What did we like? What did we didn't like? Obviously, um, as we get towards the end of the episode, um, there was a, a really good line um, by, uh, by Obi-Wan. Um, but just prior to that, you remember what... Uh, um, when uh, I guess they ask for like a ceasefire or they ask to negotiate or something like that, and him and Reva are talking between the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tell I us mean, about it. I'm kind of not remembering like all of the details, but basically Obi-Wan figures out that Reva was one of the younglings that was there mm-hmm. when Anakin Order 66 the whole place. Right, right, yeah. And, and I guess she was stabbed mm-hmm. with the lightsaber. Yeah, there's Which a... I guess... Everyone but Gwygon is not susceptible to instantly dying from that. <laughs> well, I guess uh, Dar- that means that Darth Maul hit him in a, a vital organ, but apparently um, wherever Reva got hit, not so vital. She was able to be salvaged by the Empire afterwards. They're like, hey, didn't we, were we ordered to kill all these things? This one's still alive. Well, all right, well, resuscitate her, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, you know what? She used the force to move all of her vital organs out of the way. So <laughs> it stabbed an empty space in her body cavity. Um, yeah, but just prior to that, like when Obi-Wan's talking to all these refugees, again, he's like, all right, everyone, calm down. Don't worry. Um, I know that Ewan McGregor is an executive producer on this, but so probably nobody's telling him, like, hey, uh, cut... Uh, you think you could run that again with maybe, oh, I don't know, 
10% more conviction and believability in what you're actually saying. But the writing, he's looking at the script and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want me to say this? And they're like, yep, Kathleen Kennedy signed off on it. And he's like, okay. Um, and he's giving it about as much oomph as, uh, you know, he possibly can, which is a shame. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just not believable. Like, he's saying these things, and I'm like, man, for as much grief as people give the original trilogy with him in it, um, and, you know, as bad as the dialogue is, it was in those, I don't know. What are your thoughts I on mean, he was, I mean, he was my favorite in mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy yeah i'm sure he was for a lot of people so just kind of sad to see him like this yeah yeah it's not like super likable anymore and you know what um there has to be a change in the character he goes from being a you know jedi grandmaster to being just this broken man that can barely wield the force but uh you know he's committed at this point or at least i'd like to think he's committed to um, rescuing Leia because here he is um, so deep into the into the story and he's got the help of uh, you know this imperial spy and he's gone and rescued Leia from the Inquisitor base so he's taken a substantial amount of risk um, in order to do what he's doing but I don't know you'd think somebody that's done that that's put their life on the line would deliver their lines or you know speak with a little bit more conviction. Maybe he was disappointed that it was supposed to be a movie originally, wasn't it? And then they're like, nope, now it's a TV show. Uh, you know, I don't know. Send me that article. Yeah, I, I don't I'll know if, to... if that's the case. But uh, again, we see Leia's acting, and uh, they're like, uh, I don't know, but uh, the solution to the doors, the garage doors for the vest- for, to, for getting out of this hangar are in that vent. And uh, she's like, I'm going to need a ladder. Um, again, way too confident for a 10-year-old. <laughs> but I guess you could also say the same thing about Anakin when he was a kid in episode one. Uh, yeah. and uh, I He think... was also very adept at everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. kind of came off as unbelievable. So, well... And then they kind of like say it's, oh, because he's the chosen one. Right, right, yeah. They talked him up as being the chosen one um, back then, and they're like, yeah, you know, the reason why he seems like he knows what's about to happen next is because he could see it, literally see it happening before it actually does. He could see the future. It's just it's just something we Jedi can do. Um, but anyway, yeah, if I, would, if I would say one thing I didn't like about the episode, it's the dialogue again, but... That being said, there was one line that Obi-Wan has um, after the big laser blast fight, which he confronts Reva at the, uh, at the gate. And, uh, you know, kind of, it's like, he's like, I know you know who Anakin is. Um, and he, find, and he, again, how he discovers that she was a youngling, I don't know, but maybe he's reading her mind with the Force. And then uh, she, you know, they're close together and she stabs her lightsaber into the blast door and then slices through the lock that was a cool shot um and then after he kind of you know you have that fight sequence and then there's the the droid which i think his name was ned b god i again that's how little i care i don't remember but <laughs> but 
again, the droid, a character that doesn't speak, that's, you know, just a person that's wearing a green, uh, uh, a suit that's green, so that way they could edit him out and post later. The inanimate object that doesn't talk displayed more humanity after Tala gets shot, you know, than any of the other actors, live actors combined. Right. Agree or disagree? I agree. Also, the Empire should be recruiting more of that guy because he's OP as heck. (laughs) He was just taking uh, blast after blast and it wasn't phasing him for like the longest Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. So maybe the Empire should invest in some droids. Yeah, these are those uh, those battle droids. Well, not necessarily battle droids. They call uh, it like a mining droid or something like that. He's a loader droid. That's what he was. Yeah. And he just unloaded the um, the cargo ship that they showed up on. But I think when they tried to pick up the cargo, I think all the crates levitated themselves off themselves. So he was just there kind of like, I, I don't even know what he was doing, but I don't even remember the sequence. But didn't do much lifting let's, or loading, let's put it that way, or unloading. But even in Rogue One, uh, what's his name? Alan Tudyk is the the body double for uh, the K, uh, yeah. the droid K. Even though you can't see his face when you hear him deliver his lines, he displayed more humanity than either of the actors, than either um, Diego Luna that portrayed uh, Andor and uh, what's-her-face, uh, I can't even remember the the actress um Stardust. I know uh I know that's what her father called her in uh oh from Rogue One. The, the, yeah, the the main actress. I can't think of the I can't think of the main actress's name. But yeah, Felicity Jones, that's her name. And uh yeah, Jin Erso. Yeah, Cassian Andor. God. That tells you about their character. It's either that or they're inundating you with too many movies and TV shows and side projects that you can't take a minute to catch your breath and well, yeah, like process because everything. So the solution to pollution is dilution. And now they're taking the Star Wars IP and they're diluting it with as much content as possible. First Visions, or not First Visions, um... They made three three movie sequels, and then they made two spinoff sequels: uh, Rogue One and a Star and a Solo. Uh, again, Solo, we didn't ask for. We'll, we'll rewatch that later. But um, the one line that um, was well written uh, is after Obi Wan surrenders after this big laser, this big uh, laser blast fight in the hallway, and he's like, and he's like, "You're not bringing him to me." I'm bringing him to you. That I thought was kind of chilling, um, kind of revealing his hand a little bit that he's got ulterior motives for what he's doing with uh, Reva and how they're sort of laying a trap for Vader. I don't know. What are your thoughts I on mean, it? Do you think that he was doing that to lay a trap for Vader or that he was trying to get Reva killed by letting her give in to her? hate for Vader. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, he, he, so it, before that, he realizes, he's like, okay, so you were one of the younglings. He's like, she's like, yeah, Vader's on his way. And he's like, Vader, don't you mean Anakin? And again, he's using the force on her. He's got his hand to the door, which we all know is a universal sign of, I'm using the force. Um, I don't put my hand up like this for nothing. Um, <laughs> right. But, 
so he communes with her and he um, realizes that she was a youngling that, you know, Anakin put his lightsaber to himself. He, you know, uh, tried to kill her once and now here she is serving the very person that tried to kill her. So now um, I guess because she's a inquisitor and has got some dark side energy flowing through her he's appealing to her to her natural greed or natural i don't know um just rage yeah rage or anger um the sith are kind of well known at least in the extended universe for backstabbing one another which is why the whole rule of two uh was established um, it's a toxic work environment, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, it, it gets really good to, towards the end there. Um, you want to kind of tell us what happens next? I mean, does it get good, though? Cause In my see, opinion, yeah. Like, especially when they breach the, the walls mm-hmm. and everyone's, you know, in a firefight. But all of the refugees, they have no training, but they're all, you know, they managed to get their little action pose in while they're mm-hmm. firing their shots. It looked absolutely ridiculous. And then yeah. when the the officer, what's her name? The one that was the... Tala, the Tala. spy. Yeah, when she sacrifices herself mm-hmm. with the thermal detonator, that part was a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why couldn't she hold the thermal detonator for a little bit, then toss it? Mm-hmm. Kill everyone in, <laughs> on that side of the the hall. Yeah. But then at the same time, if uh, Reva was concerned about the thermal detonator blast, why didn't she use the force to push it out of Tala's hand, blow Obi-Wan to next week, mm-hmm. end of the episode again? I feel like I've shortened this episode twice now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, um, that was a scene that I liked just because... Uh, the the droid, um, which I don't know, isn't there? Ned B is definitely not a battle droid of any kind. He's a loader droid. Should be though. But <laughs> well, right earlier in uh, episode three, you see him holding like a wrench behind him as the stormtroopers are kind of searching, and it's like, uh oh, what is he gonna do? Is he gonna wail on him? But they're talking to him. They're like, he's like, it's just a loader droid. They don't communicate. Don't worry about it. You're talking to a microwave, basically. Um, <laughs> but. Clearly, he's been reprogrammed and, uh, uh, you know, has the potential to kill a battle droid um, if they want. And later you see him wielding a, uh, I think, what is a, what is, what is it? He's holding it one, with one hand, but I think it's a battle droid rifle from um, the um, the first movie. Uh, it looks suspiciously like that. And oh, sure. really? Yeah, I bet, if I, I bet if I freeze-framed it and took a closer look, I'm like, oh, cool. They're still using a 30-year-old rifle. Maybe it's um, optimized for droids. Or a 20-year-old rifle. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Because, yeah, I don't think he has five fingers. He's just got, you know, three... Clamp hands. Three, yeah, yeah. But a clamp, but a clamp. Um, that's a uh, Futurama reference. <laughs> Clamps was one of the mobster robots. Oh, okay. Um, but a clamp, but a clamp um, is what he says. But, <laughs> again, a much better TV series. Um so we're getting towards the end here, and uh, obviously the highlight is uh, seeing Vader. Um, uh, he's again, he's trying to please the Emperor, um, which I don't think they've shown at this point. Um, at no. least I don't remember if they do or don't. I think that's in the last the episode. last episode, yeah. yeah. Which spoiler alert, but um, 
he's he's again reva is like kenobi's here i got him and then kenobi clearly escapes because they left him with two stormtroopers and then um they uh they show up and uh, he's walking through this hallway and walking and walking and walking and walking still uh until finally um when you see a uh I don't know. You tell us. What do, what do you are see you, next? Are you talking about when the ship takes off and he Right, stops right. It? And they do the rope-a-dope. It's interesting because now he seems to have force powers, the equivalent to Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it seems like after he did that, he had to have a cool-off period because he mm-hmm. let the second ship go by no problem. He didn't mm-hmm. even try. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I guess I had... You got me in my recharge period. Yeah, absolutely. There's a five five to ten second cooldown anytime you use your force powers. I mean, come on, guys. This is a Star Wars video game 101 right here. Um, you can't just use your force powers willy-nilly, not without using a cheat engine or a trainer, which uh, I know my co-host AJ has done in some Star Wars games, <laughs> specifically uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. He's like, uh, why are you not using force lightning at all times, just walking through the level, holding down the <laughs> F key, and just force lightning everyone? And I'm like... Because uh, I'm not a cheater. I want to play the game and enjoy the challenge on maximum difficulty. Uh, fucking lame, bro. Just get it done. Um, <laughs> just lightning all you want. Um, and lightsaber all you want. And I'm like, uh, okay. If they didn't want you to use it, they wouldn't have put it in the game. Uh, well, no. This is a trainer that he installed to give him unlimited force powers. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't drain his power. <laughs> nice yeah i know right what a way to play the game but uh, after this whole uh yeah he, so it was it was pretty badass to see vader you know hold the ship down with the force that was cool and it's like okay we're finally seeing what the force can do um in another light compared to what we've seen in video games versus what we've seen in the movies and then, yeah, he tears it apart, just rips the hull open and finds that it's empty, and they did the old, you know, switcheroo. But after that, you find Reva's plan, which, what was her plan? Was her plan just to take revenge? Yeah, like to to stab him in the back. But, like, he was no longer distracted at that point. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what, were you just like, oh, I missed my chance. Uh, uh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but he's there and, um, yeah, doing all his menacing stuff. And then, yeah, after he's used the force a bunch, suddenly she decides to sneak up after he's had a moment to think where he's not distracted. And, uh, yeah, it, again, I will say this was badass to see, um, cause he's not even using his lightsaber. He's like, what, what? He's like, you think you could take me? Really? And he's like, okay. And not only does he not use his lightsaber, he takes her lightsaber from her, I don't know, two or three times during the fight and doesn't even bother to use his, um, just using his hands and using the force. He's got to practice his B game. Um, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It kind of makes you wonder because here he is doing this to a an Inquisitor, which, I don't know, did we ever see Obi-Wan and Reva fight? One on one with their lightsabers? No, I don't it was just Obi Wan and Anakin, or Obi Wan and uh, Vader fighting again. <sighs> so again, long sigh as to what happens, but uh, it was cool to see because then there's inner they intercut between her as a youngling running from from Vader, and then 
hear her as an inquisitor who's supposed to be looking up to Vader, mm-hmm. working for Vader, now being stabbed by him again. Um <laughs> which uh and not dying from it right right yeah i I made the comment when we were watching the episode um that uh a lightsaber like unless you mortally wound somebody every time it's the worst weapon to have because you cauterize every every potential wound that you know someone could die from from blood loss anakin had already pioneered the the dooku method just take two lightsabers and cut the head off yeah yeah exactly he had the two lightsabers he could have done it oh okay so this is a callback to episode three when uh, he slices off um um, count dooku's hands in front of uh, palpatine and then uh yeah the, the lightsaber goes flying up into the air and then he catches it and then Forms a an X around Dooku's neck, and yeah, he didn't do that, but yeah, he do did. It. Do it, yeah. Um, <laughs> do I have Emperor Palpatine's loaded up in the sound soundboard? No, but I do have the yes, master. yes, master. That's one my brother requested. I don't know why, but uh, I guess it's one of his favorite lines from all of the series in Revenge of the Sith. Do we stay on topic here? I don't know. What could they have done differently? Um, to make the episode better. Mm, they could have just not had the episode. Uh, I, I feel okay. like this whole series is just a exercise in futility. Like, there was no need to have this. It didn't enrich anything for me. Cash grab. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stringing you along for another month on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, as long as there's six episodes, we get to charge them for two months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Charge them for one month. They get episode one through four. And the, you want to see episode five and six? We got to bill you for another month. I'm sorry. Um, it's so funny that this is what's happening now and how it's like the anti-Netflix but uh, or anti-Netflix. Um, yeah, always the dialogue can be improved. Um, people's acting is, again, not great. It's clear that they do things in one take where they're like, all right, we're going to rehearse your lines. Just get them up, and if we need to re-record again, we will. And usually it's just like, all right, there's one take. Go. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it seems like. Um, but, <laughs> again, the the very end of the episode, after Reva gets gets killed, you see the Grand Inquisitor show up, which, uh, oh, twist. Didn't Vader promote her to Grand Inquisitor? Did he know that the Grand Inquisitor was still alive? Also, another person that survives being stabbed through the abdomen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but uh, again, the first words out of his mouth. Hello, third sister. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? That's what you have to say? Uh, It just makes me want to dive bomb the whole series with a TIE fighter. Um. So, yeah, and then he's like, hello. Um, And then I think he even says, goodbye, third sister. And I was like, why? Who wrote this? Why did the actor not have any liberty to, you know, he's doing his best to act menacing. Couldn't he have ad-libbed a couple menacing lines that would have, you know, uh, went over a little better? Maybe you just thought this is how his, like, alien species acts. You address the person formally. And then you end the conversation formally. <laughs> yeah, right. Goodbye, third sister. <laughs> um, that reminds me, again, of another TV show of, uh, f- again, Back to Futurama, when uh, there's a, uh, it's uh, Zap Brannigan. You know that character? 
No. No. Uh, oh, is he the guy that is like Leela. the space, yeah, space yeah. cadet guy? Yeah, yeah. Leela, um, my plan is so simple an idiot could have devised it. <laughs> We're going to fly into the enemy cannons, clogging them with wreckage. Um, they won't be able to fire their weapons at us. But yeah, he's got a very uh, stereotypical voice. But uh, apparently there's some conference and there's some faction that's like uh, completely neutral or some race of aliens that they're completely neutral. And uh, when one of them is dying, he's like, uh, he's like, tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> What up? <laughs> like he can't he can't express love or you know hatred you know uh, so he just says something neutral. Um, Please express my greetings to my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Zap Brannigan's like, mm, leave it to these stupid aliens and their neutrality, um, not taking a side. He's like, he thinks they're despicable, but uh, yeah, he ends up getting them killed because uh, he's supposed to be cutting the ribbon. I don't know. I don't remember the episode, but or it's that's what I remember of the episode. Um, and of course, I think the aliens were colored gray, so they were they weren't black, they weren't white, they were just gray. So <laughs> about as neutral uh, yeah, as you can get. Yeah, very drab. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, other than making better dialogue and having the actors commit to that dialogue a little better, is there anything else you'd change? No, I think that would remedy like ninety percent of the problems I have with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you brought up an interesting point. You're like, yeah, I'm unfulfilled by what happens. I know Obi-Wan survives, but, like, what story could they have told? Like, if you were going to start the series over, like, where would you start from about if you're telling a story about Obi-Wan? I would have known better to not start a show like this. Mm -hmm. Because you have the future already written, you can't change anything, and you've written yourself into a corner before you even started. Mm -hmm. So... There's no like tension in anything that's going on because you know that Leia survives, Obi-Wan survives, Vader survives. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the main players survive. So it's really just all these little small characters that you're only introduced in the show for very little amounts of time. Right. And when and, they die, you don't care. And it's like not only that, they have the Clone Wars series. They have, what, eight seasons of an animated series, which develops... Anakin's character and Obi-Wan's character and you get to see you know what it's like um, just them fighting a war together for 10 years straight like what that's all about so that show has its own fair bit of filler though from what I've heard yeah I'm sure it's in there and there's Um, whole guides of like which which episodes you need to watch for story versus ones that are just right garbage right the movie that came out before the show did totally turned me off to it. But uh, my brother and uh, my brother Mike and uh, my other co-host uh, AJ have been talking about it, and they're like, "We gotta watch it, bro. We gotta watch it. It's so good." And I'm like, "Okay." I didn't find it interesting then, but I'm gonna give it a go because not only do you have you, you've got that show, then you've got Rebels, and then you've got the Bad Batch. I just Get a new animation style. Do they have to use the same animation style for three separate shows? Maybe it's cheap. After they've developed it at this point, they uh, have it, like all the assets that they can just keep right. using over and over again. But to go to something 2D, I mean, just for the sake of it, uh, I don't know why that would upset people. The, uh, what is it, the Star Wars Visions, they had some that were, you know, they, they went to Japan and gave a bunch of Japanese animators they're like, hey, we want you to make your own 
standalone Star Wars story, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And clearly some of them did a much better job with that than than others did. But Again, it might be an easier pill to swallow because everyone knows it's an anthology series and it's only like tangentially related to Star Wars canon. So it's not like... But you know what? I bet Disney's going to take that data and they're going to say, you know what? This one, this episode here was the most popular. So you know what? You get your chance now. Develop this into mm-hmm. whatever you want and... Who cares? You've got you had carte blanche before. Now, we'll maybe we'll take your characters and move them around, or maybe we'll bring in our own bullshit carriers or characters from you know the other stories we've already populated, and um, uh, you know let that make them run around. Maybe suddenly Anakin and Obi Wan will show up, and this will be a major a planet where there's a major battle um, of the Clone Wars. But anywho. That's all I have to say about it. Um, let's see. How's our runtime looking right now? Oh, shit. We've been talking for an hour about this. Um, what do you think? Any other final thoughts? Uh, no. I think I've covered everything at this point. Okay. My you, grievances. Okay. Okay. Those are your grievances. Chewie, get us out of here. 